Welcome back to another edition of the Sip and Serve podcast, where we sip what's cold and serve what's hot. My name is Clay Roll, a.k.a. Rollski. To my right, the board man, Corey with a K. And to my left, a very special guest tonight, a first-timer. This guy calls himself a top fan. This guy retweets every one of our tweets. He likes every single one of our tweets. He votes on every poll on Facebook. He shares our stuff on Facebook. He likes our stuff on Instagram. He's been a day one follower of the Sip and Serve podcast. So, right now, I want to welcome our man, Scotty P, to the Sip and Serve studio. What's happening, Scotty? Clay Roll, what's happening, man? <laughs> uh, oh, man, it's it's uh, it's good to have you in here. Dude, glad to be here. That, glad uh, to be here. That uh, text message you sent last week that oh, said, God. I haven't been on yet. Yeah, sparked an interest of mine. I said, you know what? He's right. Hey, I know what to do. <laughs> you know what to do. You're here. You showed up. That's right. I actually, what, when did I text you? Yesterday. We're, we're recording on Tuesday evening. Monday, 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 Monday evening. evening. Yeah. Okay. I texted Scotty Monday evening and he is here on a Tuesday night. Wasn't late either. No heads up. Uncle Buck. Troy. 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 Yeah. He's always late. DG. Calling my shots already. Everybody's always late. Scotty P showed up one time. Um, yeah, man. You mean you showed up with no, like I didn't give you any heads up whatsoever. And I really appreciate that because me and DG and Corey the K, I mean, we've been talking about some topics we've been wanting to hit and dig a little deeper into kind of like an interview style, but not really just kind of like bullshitting. And the topic we're going to talk about on this episode, um, you got some experience with, and I think it'll be very interesting for the listeners out there as well. But before we get to that, a few things I want to talk about first. So today, when you guys listen to this, it'll be what, Thursday the 29th? Is that when this will air? Yep, Thursday the 29th. Thursday the 29th, you guys will be listening to this. And it'll be National Chicken Wing Day. And I mentioned this to Scotty earlier as soon as he got here. And he goes, well, that's great because I had chicken wings for lunch today. I had a little bit of B-dubs for lunch. So, gentlemen, let's get into a little chicken wing talk for National Chicken Wing Day. Corey with K, how do you feel about chicken wings? What's your flavor? What's your go-to? Wings, flats, boneless? What do you like? Uh, so I, I, I'm not very picky. I enjoy them all. But my favorite would probably be, and you mentioned them a couple, I like the grilled and then, or they're smoked and then grilled afterwards. Yeah, that's probably my my favorite. I like drums. I, I'm more of a boneless person. I just would just rather grab them and eat them. But if I had to have a bone, I'd rather prefer drums. And then I like uh, Parmesan garlic. I don't really like nothing too hot, so I like to have a taste. So I enjoy some Parmesan garlic. Okay, what about you, Scotty? What's your go-to? What you have for lunch today? Let's start Man. off with that. I had some. It was a BOGO, Buffalo Wild yep. Wings. I got 10. I didn't know it was a BOGO. She bought out 20 traditional salt and vinegar from B-dubs. Salt and vinegar. You're thinking salt and vinegar. What the hell is that? Dude, I'm telling you, don't knock it till you try it. So it's, it's kind of like a dry rub type of thing. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, your two answers, is you, you guys are going to make me do this. Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it because I was thinking it when you guys were talking. If you get chicken wings and you don't order them hot or buffalo style, just go ahead and play with your pussy. 
Well, would you rather me... Just go ahead and play with your pussy, <laughs> Would you Charlie? rather me order Solid fucking vinegar? Are we shitting me right now? Parmesan garlic? Or chicken oh, nuggets? Oh, my God. Have I got two big old wussies on the podcast Traditional or what? Traditional or chicken nuggets? Come on. No, I just like good tasting. No, that's chicken no, nuggets, Corey. Yeah, well, that's chicken true, nuggets. too. I didn't get on you about your boneless take. You got to get the drums, all drums, and they got to be hot, and they got to be buffalo. Drums are trash. So you're a flats kind flats. of guy. Eh, flats. I can do either, but I like drums. But yeah, I'm going to go back to my heater here. And this might be controversial. That's why it's a heater. But my God, boys, when I think of chicken wings, I think of hot wings. Okay, hear me out. I did this because I'm on a diet. Okay. The dry rub has no carbs. It's the only reason. Okay, but does, usually, like usually hot sauce like really pepper. isn't that healthy. I mean, isn't that unhealthy? I mean, it's yeah. got zero calories in it. I mean, it's guy, basically vinegar. I guess it's got a lot of, what, probably salt and sugar and shit in yeah. it. But other than, okay. Well, okay, you're on a diet. Right. But do you usually order, like, hot? Like, if you're not on a if diet? I go to Roosters, I get hot. Okay. B-dubs is dry rub all the way. Okay. Because their sauces are whacked. So, Corey, you say you're not a buffalo guy at all. I can eat them. I just prefer, I prefer to taste instead of my mouth being on fire and drinking. But if I plan on just drinking a bunch of beer, I'll go probably mild. That's about as hot as I get. <laughs> you say like Hollywood. You probably start sweating too, yeah, don't you? I do. That's some bitch starts sweating when he eats ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, I mean, I th- when I think of wings, I think of, you know, traditionally hot wings, not salt and vinegar or parmesan hey, garlic. Which, I, I mean, to that. teach your own, whatever. I mean, it's whatever you like. You're not going to order something you don't like. But I can't wait to get some text in here because I know I'm going to get some heat for this because people like, you know, different stuff. Absolutely. It's, it's your own opinions, whatever. It's your own hard-earned money you're spending on to buy these chicken wings. So, obviously, you're going to order what you like. But when I think of hot wings or chicken wings, I think of, you know, hot wings. I don't think there's any time that I've ever ordered anything other than, like, a spicy you know, sometimes uh, my wife, she likes the spicy garlic, which that's actually kind of hot from B-dubs. It's good stuff. Yeah, too. it's good. Um, and then at Roosters, I get hot donkey. I get the mixture. And if you guys haven't tried that, try it because it's badass if you're into the hot stuff. You get it extra wet or do you just like it how it I comes? Just, I like it how it comes. Sometimes I, I kind of prefer, you know, extra wet. Sometimes I don't. It depends on what kind of movement. I'm not mad if they're not wet. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But other than that, National Chicken Wing Day, go out there. I think Thursday's a B-dub, so that'd be today. Get your ass out there. They got the BOGO boneless. I know they're boneless, but, I mean, you buy one, you get one for free, so get your ass out there and celebrate. Also, I think Hooters is doing a deal. You buy 10, you get 10 for free, so it's kind of like their own BOGO deal as well. So get your ass out there and get some chicken wings in you today. But here's a question, though. Blue cheese or ranch or neither? Neither. Corey, I'm a neither. I did. I have found out B Dubs gives you carrots, so I usually do carrots with my partner. Keep away that heat of your mild. Yeah, I got you. The heat, the heat of the poppers. Just nice, nice, nice side. I'm a ranch guy. I like. uh, I think everybody's a ranch when it comes to chicken wings. A lot of people like the blue cheese too. I hate blue cheese though. Um, I like doing celery as a side with the chicken wings. I mean, like Corey said, he don't like you know sweating or um, his mouth on fire, but you know, when you're eating hot shit, your mouth does catch on fire. And a good thing is the celery it can cool you down. It does. Absolutely. So if you don't like celery, sorry. But if you do, you got to get it with your wings. Moving on. Arby's Chicken Sandwich Review. Scotty said he watched it. Corey's seen it. Um, hopefully everybody that's listened to this have, has watched it. 
go to our Instagram. It's on our Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's on, ah, it's not on YouTube. It's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go check it out. It's only like a minute and 30 seconds. So if you guys could please watch that, let us know. Sandwich was terrible. It's not very good. It's a generic sauce. It's got a little kick to it. It's just like something you would buy at Kroger, like off the shelf. It's not, I mean, they did, it's not like it's their own special sauce or anything. Um, the chicken, it felt like I was eating a McChicken, just a little bit bigger. Really thin, wasn't much, wasn't very crispy at all. Um, the lettuce was stringy and nasty. Overall, basically, I mean, if you watch the video, you know how I feel about it. It didn't make the top five. So the power rankings are still the same. KFC, Winnie's, Burger King, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's. The only one left, I believe, is the Popeye's. Yeah, we need to get that on there. We need to get a Popeye's chicken sandwich up in this bitch sometime soon. <laughs> Hot chicken takeover. Gotta is, try it. It's where's good. it at? It's up in uh, Columbus. Yep. It's usually. I think the main one is in... Uh, it's like in the arena district in that little market area. Yeah, and there's also yeah, and, uh, and there's one on Market north. Nine. Is that yeah. what it's called? Something like that. And there's one up yeah. north on campus, I believe. Yeah. So it's, is that is that considered a fast food though? It's a chain. Yeah. So okay, it's, it's not fast chain. food, I don't think, but it's a chain. Okay, I would like to do the Popeyes first. Yeah. And get the fast food out of the way, so we can like nail in our power rankings for the fast food chicken sandwiches and then i'm going to start trying like you know the b-dubs the roosters stuff like that and then make another power rankings so arby's is terrible don't try it don't waste your money just stick with the roast beef or the chicken tenders or the mozzarella sticks curly fries i'm surprised because i like their spicy uh chicken they have the sliders the sliders yeah the slider with that bun is really good i'm i don't 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 think i've ever had the big sandwich don't waste your bun it's really good the sliders pretty pretty yeah, good yeah yeah but the difference between that is the sliders you know a dollar 20 so you're not really yeah. expecting a whole lot this meal was like 950 for the meal yeah that's too much with a large that's i mean much. yeah so arby's is out on the chicken sandwich review fantasy football scotty sent in the text saying that he wanted to be in our league he's a top fan he said he would wear a tuxedo the son of a bitch showed up without a tuxedo one man like we talked about you messaged me yesterday. <laughs> I gotta be able to order a tux because I will order a tux. He did. He <laughs> did. Do it. We just do it at the draft. I don't have just one sitting there. He, he didn't have time to rid the tux to come in for the interview. No, I'm just kidding with you. DG's man. not here either. He called me out. So DG's got to be here. I'll wear it. You okay. guys can both interview me. Okay. We might have you call in. You could just probably buy. Uh, you might be able to Skype into us. And, Zoom call. Yeah, we could do a. Uh, you could wear a tuxedo T-shirt or That'll something. Work. I'd probably do yeah, it. Oh funny. no. Full tux. <laughs> full, full tux. Just, you don't even have to wear pants because you won't yeah. be able to see. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fantasy football, Scotty. Um, I think I think you're pretty well locked in for what, like you, for what you do for us on our Instagram and Twitter and stuff. I mean, there, I mean, I don't think there's a better person to get locked in. So, right now, it's me, Corey, and Otis because it was Otis's idea. And we're going to go with Scotty P. Now, I know a lot. We've got a lot of other texts that are coming in. But I mean, we have we we have yet to see them face to face. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and we've kind of talked behind the scene. We'd like to get a twelve team because everyone I've always done has always been a ten team league. If we do twelve with maybe like two flexes instead of a kicker or something like that, if we could get a bunch more people being played instead of people sitting on a bench losing out points. Correct. I yeah. like that. We're going to try to shoot for a twelve team league because I know a lot of people want to play, and I'm sure you know people like Uncle Buck and Troy. They're probably interested. They're the OGs, so they'll probably be in as well whenever I uh, talk to them. So, Scotty P, mark yourself down. Let's do it. I'll get the league built up, um, all the rules and stuff, and I'll let everybody know about it. One more thing 
before we go to your text message that you sent in last week on TikTok, there's there was this trend going around, and it was called the beer poster trend. And I know where this is going. I just wanted to ask you just a quick little question. Uh huh. How in the world did you get your wife to do that? Man, uh, did did you ask her or was it a surprise? It was a surprise. Okay. Um, I mean, I kind of knew about it because she was hinting at it, but because she's asking me like, hey, where's your Miller Lights at? <laughs> she, she don't drink no damn Miller Lights. I'm the only one in this whole family that drinks Miller Lights. So you so. drink Miller Lights I too? Do. Oh. Shout out Jay Kretzer. I got you, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do. Um, but she made it for me, man. And I mean, as we can all see, it was. Yeah. It, it was, was uh, it was interesting because as soon as that trend, you know, started going on and on on TikTok, I mean, it, it blew up. It seemed like that's the only thing I seen on my feed for like a whole week straight. There ain't but nothing wrong with that. No, no, there wasn't. And uh, I might have asked my wife to do it, and I might have got a big old fuck no. <laughs> Oh, come on, that's, Mrs. Roll. That's what I thought, man. I'm like, oh, come on. We can hang it up in the studio. It'll Absolutely. be great. We could throw the sip and serve, you know, symbol on there somewhere. She was down at North Lake. With some bush, yeah, with some bush lights and stuff. Would have been perfect for the beer poster. Could have been hanging up anywhere in here. But I, I, I just got a big fat no. So to say I was a little bit jealous of your beer poster because I wanted one for myself. And I'm sure all the guys out there listening, your girlfriends, your wives, I mean, if you didn't at least ask for one, I mean, what are you doing? I agree. I agree. I mean, we all, we're all men here. We all like drinking beer. We all like chicks in bikinis. So, I mean, make a beer poster. Absolutely. I agree. And, uh, I was happy with it. So do you that's, got that? That's you, for sure. So you got that thing like hanging up Man, in your garage or something? I have not, I have not printed it out yet, but you haven't printed I'm, it? I'm going to, I'm okay. going to, I got a nice little hefty, garage out there so it'll, it'll be it, it'll be up. perfect for the garage oh, I, yeah. I feel like if i didn't have you know the sip and serve studio mine would probably be a nice nice garage oh absolutely wall hanger absolutely keep the Hell, i just might put it above the fucking mantle and just <laughs> keep it there and everybody keep, comes by sees i'll it. put it in my garage keep the mice away <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i love my wife i love my wife anyway um the text message last thing before we get into this uh interview type thing um you said clay my man i'm going to have to disagree with your trio of choice on fast food with only one reason unfortunately chick-fil-a is closed on sundays so you'd be having to shut down the whole trio of wonderful fast food chains all because chick-fil-a is closed is this the risk you're willing to take or will you switch it for something else so i got to thinking about this i wouldn't have to close it on Sundays just because Chick-fil-A. I would just shut down Chick-fil-A's counter. So I would still have Taco Bell and Wendy's up and rolling. I don't think I would change it at all. Okay. I think I would just shut down their counter. But what happens when you get one of those customers that come through and like, what the fuck, man? Like, I'm here to get Chick-fil-A. Well, that's when you say, "Uh, what the fuck, man? You ever been (laughs) to Chick-fil-A before? It's always closed on Sundays. Get the hell out of here. Would you like a quesadilla or would you like a spicy chicken? Because I got those. (laughs) That's what I'd say to him. Yeah. Right back through the window. If I have my headset on, I'd be like, ah, what the fuck, man? This is what it's going to be. Yeah. (laughs) Man, you ever been to Chick-fil-A before? Shit, they're always closed on Sundays. Fair enough. So what would be, that brings up the question. Oh. What would be your trio okay. okay gotta have taco bell in there yep. Taco Bell, 100 percent. yep um popeyes i think they have the best chicken sandwich besides burger king okay. burger king is my number one. Oh, okay burger king is Hot my take. number one 
Um, so yeah, Popeyes, Taco Bell. That's, that's tough. You also said, I mean, we were talking off air. You said Burger King's your favorite fast food restaurant. So Burger why wouldn't King you just throw that bad boy in um, The Whopper's my favorite sandwich out there. So that's good. That's good. That could corner. I mean, you'd have everything. You'd have the chicken, the Mexican. I don't think the fans would like my Burger King pick, though. But hey. Hey, it's your pick, man. I'll, I'll, I'll go They're with probably Burger not going to like pick. your salt and vinegar wings either. Yeah, but who gives a I shit? I already know that. My wife <laughs> likes it, though. That's all that matters. <laughs> hey, that's right. <laughs> Brownie points, man. She's gonna be listening to this. You gotta, you gotta make the wife happy at Try. all, at all costs. Yeah, Burger King, Taco Bell, Popeyes. I can get down with that. I mean, Burger King honestly is probably my favorite fast food. So the reason we brought Scotty on tonight, me and DG and Corey, we've we've been talking. We've been wanting to get into the minds of different people and the jobs that they have, the interesting things that they do that people really don't think about. And I think it'd be interesting, not only for me and Corey to listen to your story, but also the listeners out there, they could, you know, take some pointers on this. So today we're going to talk to Scotty about the ins and outs, the do's and don'ts, the secrets of being a car salesman. All right. So with that being said, Whenever you pull into a car lot as a customer, say me and Corey or any of the listeners out there, we pull into a car lot. The first person you see is a car salesman, correct? For sure. So whenever I think of a car salesman, I'm thinking I get the first look. I'm like, oh, man, this guy's going to be all over me. And sometimes you just, you know, you kind of drive around the lot a little bit if you don't want to talk to a car salesman. Or if you're there to buy a car, you want to kind of pick out somebody that you think knows what they're doing. Is that fair, Scotty? That's fair. There's probably a few car salesmen out there that you look at, you're like, man, this guy probably knows nothing about a car. Absolutely. So let's get into it. That was just my thought. When I first pulled in, I set my eyes on the car salesman. I want to pick out someone that I think knows what they're talking about. Corey, you ever do that? Or do you just go to the first person you see? No. So every time I've bought a car, I always just find it like I... I'm knowledgeable enough to know what I want. Yeah, me what, too. What a, what a price, what a good price is. And I, I've honestly just kind of like call and whoever picks up like, Hey, I'm looking at this vehicle. Oh, okay. So I don't, I've never really had just right. a one scales person. I usually try to shop deals and go to different places. We'll get into that too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's just start with this. This will be the easiest question to start on. When and how did you decide to become a car salesman? That's a great, great question. Um, funny story as well. So at the time, I was actually uh, working at the prison. I think it was back in 2018, I believe, whenever I started at the car dealership. Um, I worked at the prison to start. And one of my good friends that worked at the car dealership that I ended up getting hired on, he ended up, uh, he called me one night and I was with my family. Actually, I just had my first son and I think he was two weeks old at the time. And uh, he called me, he was like, Scotty, what do you think about selling cars? I said, dude, you're high as hell. <laughs> he said, what do you mean? I was like, man. Like, I got a good job. I make good money. I got good benefits, good retirement. I work in corrections, man. I got yeah. this. He goes, but what if I tell you that I that you can make, you know, triple, quadruple of what you make now? I said, prove it. He said, okay. I get a text message on my phone. It was a picture of his pay stub. This dude sent me his pay stub, and he wasn't lying. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, you call my bluff. I mean, it is what it is. I said, how's the benefits? He goes, don't worry about it. I said, all right. Next day I had an interview. Um, funny story about my interview. The guy at the time that interviewed me, the only questions that he asked me is about the prison. 
Uh, <laughs> the only thing he asked me was, uh, have you ever seen somebody get stabbed? Have you ever seen somebody overdose? <laughs> have you ever seen a guy on guy action? I said, dude, this has nothing to do with what I'm here for. And he goes, well, man, when can you start? I said, whenever you need me to. Because at the time I knew that you can't put a two weeks notice in at the prison. Yeah. They just, you're done at the time. So I was like, man, I can start tomorrow. He said, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. So I called the prison. I said, hey, I'm putting my two weeks two weeks notice in to be respectful. They said, there's no two weeks notice here. And I was like, all right, well, I'm done. They were like, all right, man. Well, it was nice. Nice working with you. <laughs> I said, absolutely. And uh, I called him. I said, hey, I'll start tomorrow, whatever. First day on the first day on the job, sold a car. Uh, very first day, probably within an hour. So I was like, man, this shit's for me. This shit is for <laughs> me. Awesome. Okay. And that's how I got into it. Okay. So before we get into your first car, we'll mm-hmm. go back to that. Okay. How long did you work in the field? Um, From October of 2018 to March of 2021. So about okay. two and a half years. Two and a half, three years. Yep. Okay. So you were there. You were, You spent some good time on the I car did. lot. Yeah. Okay. Did you like it? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Loved it. Okay. So let's go to that first. Let's go back to the first day. You're loving your job. Um, you're ready to make some big bucks. It sounds like. What was that feeling? Whenever I don't know if it was your boss or someone said, "Hey, go out to that customer and try to sell a car." I mean, what? I mean, you've never done it before, right? And you said it was on your first day, so you have yep. no no experience yep. whatsoever. So I tell a story all the time when I tell all my new new people that I used to train and stuff at the car dealership. And uh, I always told them, like, the first day on the job, I'm sitting in the training room. And this guy, he's a little wiry son of a bitch. He's walking around there. He's like, he walks in the team room. He's like, Scotty, what the fuck are you doing? Come sell a car. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I go out there and, I, you know, I, I just be me. I'm talking to this chick and she tells me what she wants. And I get with one of my buddies that's selling there and he goes, this is what you want to do. I did it. Sold a car within the first two hours of being there. So, what kind of car did you sell? 2008 Saturn Ion. 2000. So it was an older car. It was used an older car. car. Yeah. And was it was probably was this a younger chick? No. Nope. No. Older. A little older. Okay. Credit was a little challenged. So I mean, it took work to do. Yeah. It took a lot of work yeah. to do. And I mean, he guided me in the right way. And so was your heart beating when you were talking to that customer dude, for the first time? Probably like it is now yeah. on this fucking first podcast. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So was she was she the type of customer that knew what she wanted? Um, no, she was more of a get me done type. Um, she needed a car. Yeah. And she was just like, Hey, I need a car now. Um, I went to one of my managers, he told me, you know, what kind of options she had. I pulled it up, said this is what you get. <laughs> I mean <laughs> it, it, she, she was honest, she was one of those cool people who was just like, Yeah, I just need something. And I said, This is what you're approved for. Do you want it? Not. She said, Yeah, I'll, I'll buy it right now. So well, easy as that. Yeah, it was easy. Okay. So that's a good story for your first one. What was your favorite part about the job and what did you dislike about the job? The best part about the job, Clay, was probably the adrenaline. Um, you're a sports junkie, so you know yeah. you know the feeling of getting ready for a game, oh, getting yeah. ready for all that good stuff. The adrenaline, man. Um you can ask anybody in the car sales, whenever you get that close. There's no better high. There really isn't. Because you got that kickback coming your way. Well, not only that, but sometimes you know that you're down there with a three to four hundred dollar payment higher than what they wanted to be. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, there ain't no fucking way I'm about to close this thing. And you go down there and close it and you're like, 
beating your chest. Like, yeah, let's go. Like, I just did just that. Just LeBron that shit. I Beat just your did chest. that. Yeah, and it's there's no better high than that because everybody's like, how the hell did you just do that? And you're like, I don't know. But <laughs> because let's just say they said they wanted a $250 payment and they ended up leaving with a $500 Absolutely. Payment. Happens all the time. Because you say, well, you got approved for five hundred dollars, and people Absolutely. are like, "Oh shit, hell yeah!" Well, I'll do that then. Absolutely, and there's two they're, different. They're, they just don't yeah. think, right, right, and it depends on the customer. I mean, you get somebody in order the seven hundred Beacon score, a good credit score, they they know that they're not going to pay that much. But you get somebody in there, it's like, hey, I'm I need a car. They're going to pay whatever they got to pay to get a car. Oh yeah, I mean, you get somebody in there, know what they're doing, they're not going to. Yeah. So. Okay, and what was the uh, worst part or the, the part you disliked the most? The hours. I had a feeling you were going yeah. to say that. So <laughs> can That's you why I left, yeah. Can you explain yeah. that? I'm no longer with the in the car business because of that. Yeah. Um, gratefully, I've been blessed to get a job that has a 9-to-5 job. Actually, it's 8-to-5, eight eight to but same thing. Uh, weekends off, holidays off, and all that stuff. So at the car dealership, that's not. there's no such thing. Um you're working from open to whenever the hell you leave. It could be nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night, and there's no other way around it. And you rarely have weekends off. Never Sundays, um, and even then, sometimes you have to work the last Sunday of the month. So sometimes it's not guaranteed. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you got Sundays off most of the time, like Sunday you said. and some random ass day throughout the week. I was about to say it's got to be random, right? Yep. And it's hardly ever back to back like it's Monday. Not, it's rare. It's probably like Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, Mondays are usually pretty busy, yeah. so most people don't want to take Monday off anyways because you're there to make money. Yeah. You want to sell some cars. So. so, could you imagine Corey having a Sunday off and then you have to go to work for two days, and then you get your Wednesday off? No, that'd be tough. That, that, that was the first thing I thought of. That was my hours. schedule. That was your schedule, exactly. Sunday, exactly Wednesday. Wednesday. That had to be just Damn. the worst. I had Sunday off, then I had Wednesday off. So, I mean, you really can't even do anything on either of those days because you got to go to work the next day. Not a damn thing. Like, you know, on my weekends, you know, I like to kick back, stay up late, have a few beers. You can't even do that. Nope. Because you don't want to go in all hungover or whatever. You go in and intoxicate and start driving some cars? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> okay. I would be lying if i said i haven't before but yeah i mean well i mean you got to enjoy your days off somehow right we don't condone drinking and driving on the seven absolutely not absolutely not um okay so the worst part and i got a few more questions about that a little sure. later on so the worst part you say is the hours and the days off which i can i can agree with that so let's let's dig into it a little bit more um what are some of the written rules of a car salesman like the do's and the don'ts, I guess. So whenever I got into management, which was probably about a year after I hired on, I got into sales management. And the first and the always things that I've always preached was persistence, honesty. Honesty is a huge thing. I know a lot of you guys are thinking, you lying motherfucker. <laughs> you guys are crooked as they come, but not all of them are. Uh, they really aren't. Um, I always, I always preached honesty for some reason. I don't know why, but it's just in my blood, I guess. But not only that, but listening to your customer, that's the big thing. Cause you're never going to sell a car if you don't listen to your customer. Right. Right. You can, you can tell me you want something and I can go pull up a different card and you'll be like, dude, what the hell is that? I didn't say I wanted that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not only that, but following up with your customer. So if you do sell your customer, you want to call them the next day, previous day, 
or not the previous day. You can't call on the previous day, right? But the next day, the day after and all that stuff, you want to follow up with your customer because that's the way you get your business. You get repeat and referrals. That's the biggest thing that yeah. I've always preached. So let's just say one of your friends bought a car off of me. They love me. They're going to come to you and be like, hey, dude, my dude, Scotty, just hooked me up, man. Go see him. Right? Right. That's one of the biggest things. To me, I will preach follow-up to anybody more than anything is making sure your customer's good, make sure they're okay. Always asking for that repeat and referral. You get that, you're solid, man. You can live off that shit. Okay. So you said you got into management. So you were the sales manager? Uh, Yep. Yep. About a year in, you said? Yeah, I was there. Like I said, I started in October. I got hired on in management. I got promoted to sales manager in March of 2019. Okay. All right. So you were the sales manager. So were you the person who trained new salesmen? Um, Occasionally, not most of the time. We had some more experienced managers at the time, so they did. Okay. Um, our general sales sales manager at the time, he was, he was a really good, I guess you could say car trainer, salesman, yeah. whatever you want to call him. He was very good at it. And then we had another guy that was solid as well. Okay. But so can you answer this? If not, it ain't no big deal. How is the training process? Because you said they basically just kind of threw you to the wolves, like oh, go sell man. a car. Like how, how does the training process go to become a car salesman? Like with, if I got hired tomorrow, what would they put me through? Um, with, with the new HR that we have there, you're going to get some pretty good training. Uh, like I said, our general manager and the other managers are pretty well with it. They'll take some time to do one-on-one training. It's never enough. It's never, ever enough. Because after a while, you're just going to be like, dude, I just want to sell some fucking cars. Like, let's go. And um, like I, I got thrown in the wolves. I didn't have a choice. It is what it is. It worked out to my benefit. But the new customer, I mean, the new employees and everything, we have some sort of setup to where they do to get some sort of training. And that training can consist of certain people that's YouTube famous for selling cars or they have their own sales college stuff, sales college, psychology, same thing. Yeah. His name's Jonathan Dawson. I'll shout him out because it's probably the best best sales training that you can have and he does a great job and our general sales manager he he promotes him pretty well so and that's usually what they do and okay it's, it's pretty solid stuff good deal good deal um okay so you mentioned the pay being good one of the main reasons you took the job yeah how good's good for a car salesman how good's good how good is good what's good on your scale what would you consider good i mean for the hours that they put in yeah. and the time that they're at that dealership. I mean, these guys are working probably okay. no less than, what, 12 hours a day? Oh, yeah. What kind of money would you need at that point to be able to keep that job? Oh, man. If you're, if you're, in, those, if you're in those shoes right now. If working 12 hours a day. If not more. If not more. And then you're working Sundays to Wednesdays? Sometimes Sundays. Okay. One and Sunday a month, but you're working every Saturday. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be shitty hours. I mean, I would hope, I would hope I'd be making, I don't know, 75 plus. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, absolutely. My first year I made six figures, so it's definitely the money's there for sure. Um, as long as you put the work in and do it, if you're not willing to put the work in, you're not going to sell cars. You're not going to make money. You're wasting your fucking time. Okay. So that, that's a, that's a great segue. So the lazy salesman. They ain't making shit. Okay. So I guess my question to you is, what's the difference between a lazy salesman and a good salesman? So your lazy salesman, you're going to have them sit back in the team room, play on the computer all day, act like they're doing shit, not doing anything. Um, so the way the car business is set up, some car dealerships, not all, but the one that I worked at, you know, 
they had an internet sales team and then they had the regular sales team. Sales teams being out on the floor chasing people all the way around the lot, chasing bumpers and shit like that. Internet sales is like Corey mentioned earlier. He calls in, he asks for people. When you call in, you get you get assigned to a certain person, and that's usually how it works. That's a promotion, by the way, getting getting the internet sales. Really? So you can't get that right off the bat? No. Um, unless, you know, you have experience already in the field and something like that. But no, it's nothing that comes comes coming straight out of is never that, selling before. Is that the job that, that you'd want? Like, if you wanted to be a car salesman, would it be better to be in internet sales? It just depends on the time. Okay. Uh, if you got some floor traffic, you want to be out on the floor. Yeah. You're, you're ready to pick up as many customers as you can. Sometimes the phones might be slow that day, right? Yeah. Um, I love the internet sales. I like making phone calls. I like, you know, talking to people on the phone, doing all that stuff because like, I generate my own traffic that way. Facebook, all that stuff. And that was just what I did. Yeah. And it worked very well. Um, most of them are internet leads and stuff like that. So if it's that way, then yeah, you're going to sell a bunch of cars. Um, so I... I like that. I like being internet sales more than what I did on the floor. Okay, so the lazy people, they just sit back at their desk and sit back and trying to get by. Yeah, they're not out. They're not out trying to you know chase bumpers, chase chase people out on the lot and stuff like that. So yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna sell cars. I mean, you're not gonna sell cars sitting on your ass, right? So the good salesmen are always up on their feet talking Absolutely. to the customers. As soon as they kind of like I was telling you about, they're outside waiting for people to pull into the lot. Yep. I mean, even if even if you're not busy, you got downtime, right? That downtime's got to consist of making phone calls, even if you're not internet, because you still have customers. You still want to make those phone calls. Yeah. Um, our general manager at the time, I mentioned the sales college stuff. It all it automatically consisted of video. We have a good buddy that makes a shit ton of videos, and he excels very well at it. Um, I know a lot of people might think, hey, that shit's annoying as fuck. Quit making these videos. Quit posting them on Facebook. I don't want to see the shit. But what are you thinking? That's the same his livelihood. Time? What are you, you going to think 10 months down the road when you're like, damn, I need a car. Shit, man. My dude just posted a video like two months ago. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. You remember that shit, right? Mm-hmm. So you're automatically going to go to him. That's building his clientele. I mean, and he does a very good job at it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's. If you're not willing to put the work in, make videos, text your customers, call your customers, stuff like that, you're not going to sell any cars and you're not going to make any money. So is it true, which I, I'm going to say yes, sell more cars, get paid more? Absolutely. So let's talk. I mentioned kickback earlier from selling a car. Mm-hmm. So what's the what do you get compensated for? Like, I Tell me how the pay works because okay. there's a huge that's pay scale. I yeah. mean, when you say kickback, kickback's mainly on the finance part of it. Okay. You get a kickback from the bank. Um, that's your finance part. Other than that, salespeople don't get kickbacks. They don't get none of that shit. Salespeople's pay is based off, you get a draw pay and I'll explain that. A draw pay is you get a $400 draw pay. Some dealerships are different. The one I worked at, you get a $400 draw pay a week, no matter what. So if you don't sell anything, you're guaranteed 400 bucks a month. A week, a sorry. Week. 400 a week. a week, okay. 400 a week. No no car sales no at all. No car sales, but you got to pay that back. So if you don't sell anything that first week and your $400, you have $400, but your $400 in the hole at the same time. So if the following week you sell $1,000 worth, you got to pay $400 of that back. So technically you only got 600 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does yeah, that make like, sense? So it's like yeah. an advance. So you, yes, anything. yes. But you got to pay that shit back. Yeah. Um, so your goal is to never go into the draw. You always want to sell something, get out of the draw. You don't want to pay, you don't want to pay the owner his money back that he's paying you. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They try to fight that shit in court. It 
doesn't matter. It's it, it is what it is. Um, but anyways, uh, their pay. So at the the dealership that I worked at, you have like a you have a fast start and you have a volume pay. And what that is, your fast start is if you sell so many cars before the fifteenth of the month. So if you sold six cars, you got paid five hundred bucks. If you sold uh, eight cars, it was seven hundred fifty. If you sold ten cars, it was a thousand dollars. That's automatic for you. And then if your volume bonus, if you sold ten cars, that was a I think it was five hundred bucks. Fourteen a thousand, fifteen hundred at eighteen, two thousand at twenty, so on and so forth, up to like twenty eight. You top out at like twenty five hundred bucks. So if you sell twenty eight cars a month, you're guaranteed at least twenty five hundred bucks, and that's not including your commission. Okay, so I guess I guess the word I was looking for was commission, not kickback. Okay, so commission off a car. What exactly does that? Does it? Does it? Is it how much the car costs? Um, it's, like if you sell like an eighty thousand dollar truck compared to a fifteen thousand dollar used car, right? You get more. No, not not quite. Okay, it, it, it depends on how much the car is marked up. Okay, you get paid strictly on profit. So at the dealership I worked at, you got paid twenty four percent front and back, or, or I'm sorry, just the just the front and gross. So what that means is, let's say you I sell a car for ten thousand dollars, we only had eight thousand dollars in it. That's two thousand dollars profit, right? So you make twenty five percent of that. That's five hundred bucks. That's what you get on commission. Okay. But a lot of times the misconception is the cars are marked up a shit ton. Not all the time. That's not hundred percent true. But we'll go over that here later. Yeah. Yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah. So from what I just heard there, like you're getting five hundred bucks from two thousand dollars for selling, you know, a car that was marked up. That's pretty good money for selling that car. It's really good money. Now you know why I said I made six figures. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if you have a good month, the sky's the limit, I guess, right? Absolutely. I know a couple couple buddy of ours, uh, before I left, actually after I left, I, I showed him what I made, and then he showed me what he made for his month. I was like, God damn, dude, I'm a, I might as well go back to selling cars and i mean it was, it was a good month yeah it's a good month i mean anywhere between you know the 15 to twenty five thousand dollar a month range so the money's there jiminy christmas if i made that in a month i wouldn't know what to do with myself <laughs> dude you'd be awesome <laughs> you would be a, you'd know, be dude, the best car salesman dude ever. I, I got a buddy my buddy roush he's always told me he's like dude i know you can't give up your weekends i know you can't that's your thing that's your thing but if you could give up, you know, like four or five years of your life and just give up your, dude, you could stack so much cash. Clay, I'm telling you now, you would stack so much cash. I'm telling you. That's what he, that's what he keeps telling me. I mean, you that's kind of what I, I kind of, no I kind of wanted to have <laughs> you on to explain this more to me. So, yeah. I mean, it, anybody out there, I mean, listen, that might be looking for a new job. This might be it. We'll get there too. Yeah. We'll get there too. Okay. So. Back to the pay. Bad month. So you're saying like these guys could make fifteen grand to twenty grand a month on a great month. You can make two grand a month. Yeah, exactly. You could make two. Could you? Could you make less? Yeah. I mean, you gotta think if you don't sell a fucking car, you get four hundred dollars. That's sixteen hundred bucks. That's all you make. Then you gotta pay that back the next yeah. month. So you didn't even make it. Yeah. So, so either, either way, so you can keep that sixteen hundred. Say you didn't sell a car the whole month. You could keep that sixteen hundred. But say. Once you get a paycheck that's above, 16, you are in debt sixteen hundred bucks yeah. to start out your next month. Man, that would be shitty. Yeah, that'd be and tough. people would try to fight that in court and everything, and you just can't beat it. You'd it's have just, to you'd have to grind your balls off yeah, to get back grind. up. And that's that's the main thing about the car business, man. You got to grind. Okay, 
So I said a bad month. So I'm thinking these bad months probably come during the winter. Yeah. Because not many people go car shopping in the winter. So the weather, how does that affect the car business? It does, um, but not as much as what you would think. I would say um, if it's hot as balls outside, people are still going to come. They're going to sweat their balls off. They're going to come inside. I think the biggest thing at that point is if you're busy, trying to find a seat. Everybody knows how that is. You go in somewhere, you can't find a seat. You're standing up. It's hot. Mm -hmm. You're frustrated. I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'll come back tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Whenever you're not as busy. Um, Winter, as you said, the only thing you really have to look you know, forward to the, of a bad month is the roads being bad. The roads aren't bad. They're going to come by cars, man. Really? Yeah. See, I, I wouldn't think people would want to like walk around the lot or anything they during don't have the to. cold. They don't have to. You'll have them ready for you them? Get a good, you get a good, if you get a good salesman, a good salesman here, not somebody that's just going to you know, half-ass everything. You get a good salesperson that's making their phone calls and everything, and they say, hey, listen, come on in. I know it's cold. I'll have the car pulled up. I'll have the heat on. I'll have it ready for you. The only thing you got to do is just test drive it, come back inside, warm up. Everything will be all right. I know earlier you mentioned, you know, walking on the lot, finding somebody. Yeah, people come out there. But your main objective or your main goal as a person that's on the floor is to get the person inside. Always. You just want to get them inside. You can't sell a car on the lot. You get them inside, you're going to sell a car because guess what? They're there. Yeah. So checking their info. The easiest thing to do, credit. man. Like you said, like, can you, can you tell if somebody wants to buy a car, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you can. You just tell them to get the fuck inside because it's cold out here and you don't want to be out here. <laughs> right. So you get them inside. Then you, then you have your managers to help you if you need them and all that stuff. So your main goal as the person on the floor, just get them in the door. You get them in the door, you're going to sell a car. Right. It's a great explanation. Weekends. You sell more cars on Saturdays? Majority of the time, yeah. Absolutely. Just because, I mean, people aren't working. They're, Nobody's working. They ain't yeah. got anything to do. It's going to be like me and you sitting at the house. Be like, damn, man, let's. I'm bored. Let's just go cruise. Hey, man, you see that car over there? Let's go check it out. Let's check it out. You go. You get out of the car. You look at it, and you get a good salesman talking to you. Next thing you know, you're trading your car you, in. Yeah, you say, man, I can't really go over this payment, blah, 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 blah. Well, what if I can keep you here? That's the same payment. Well, fuck, yeah, let's do it. Next thing you know, you're sitting at the fucking table about to sign papers because you just got sold a car. Right. It's usually how it works. Okay. So what's the goal for a dealership? What's your goal for per month to sell cars? Like how many cars do they want you to sell? Uh, that's a good question. It's it's basically based on your experience. Um, for me, my first two months there was to sell eight to 10 cars. Fortunately, I was I excelled over that. And I got promoted up to internet sales. Whenever I got into the internet sales, which is my third month, I believe there, it was like, you got to sell 18 plus. I said, I still don't even know what the fuck I'm doing, but (laughs) all right, let's do it. And uh, my goal for myself was to be in the 20s, to be in the 20s. Um, Like I said, though, it just just depends on the experience. And even if you've been there for four to five years and, you know, you're, you have that tone of selling 14 to 15 cars. We, we expect you to sell 14 to 15 cars. We don't expect anything more. Obviously, we want more because the more cars you sell, the more money we make, too. Yeah. So, I mean, for my my personal goal was always to be in the 20s. Did I get it every time? No, but it's a goal. So, that brings up a great point. Whenever I look at car, car dealerships, like if you drive by, I don't know, just say sometimes on a Tuesday, sometimes on a Saturday, sometimes you don't see any car salesman outside talking to anybody. 
It might be because you say they always want to get them inside. That's a great point. But some most of the time, you kind of see people out on a lot looking at cars with the salesman with them. Most of the time, I don't see anybody outside when I drive by a dealership. It's crazy to me. How many? Okay, so answer this first. It's crazy to me that you guys expect 15 cars per month per salesman. How many salesmen are on the floor at one time? Man, that just depends on the dealership. Um, for example, the one I worked at, it was eight to 10 people. Um, that's, eight salesmen at a time? Yeah, eight to 10, that's including um, maybe even more. And it just depends on the time of the year. Summer, you want more. Winter, you want less. Um, with that being said, I mean, whenever I was there, eight to 10 was probably the max. You had a couple in, um, you had a couple in the internet department, and then you had the rest on the floor. Okay, so 15 cars a month times eight. That's 120 cars a month. Yeah. You're telling me these dealerships around our local town are pushing 120. Absolutely. Dude, that is wild to me. Is that crazy to you, Corey? A lot of Absolutely. people sell, sell, buy and sell cars all the time. Yeah. Well, I know, but it just seems crazy that they move 120 cars off right. a lot a month. Here's a fun fact for you. I mean, I've sold, we have a friend, I think you actually played basketball with him recently. Um, this dude bought four cars off of me in the span of four months. So, I mean, that just goes to show you like, how many repeats and referrals and shit like that you get because it happens. I mean, once you, once you get, once you sell somebody, you're going to, they're either going to come back and buy another one because they don't like that car. Maybe they made a mistake or they're going to send you somebody that wants you to buy a car. Okay. So that, I mean, yeah. So I, I guess my question to you is 15 cars a month. What's, what's the most cars you've seen a salesman sell in a month? Like what's the record you've ever seen before? Um, so it's funny you say that cause, uh, my record was 30 and that's a lot. I, so I thought, um, yeah, 30 was a lot at the, at the time the record was 31 and a half, I believe 31 maybe either way. She beat me by a car and, um, it pissed me off. <laughs> but with that being said, I think maybe three months later, do came in and sold like 38 broke her record. And I might be off a couple numbers here and there, but, and then maybe four months later, one of our other salesperson came in and sold like 42. 42 and just cars. straight out one. slammed it, dude. Yeah, nice. yeah. You're going to think I'm crazy, but if you look up a guy named Ali Rita, he's one of the top salesperson. Actually, he's a number one salesperson in the United States. He averages over 100 cars a month. 100 cars a month. Jiminy Christmas. That's ridiculous. <laughs> A hundred cars. One hundred cars. Do the quick math real quick. What's a hundred cars? Let's just say your minimum payment on a car that you sell is a hundred bucks. Just do the quick math. hundred cars times a hundred. What do you get? 10,000. He just made $10,000 off selling the minimum amount commission that he can make. That's it. I mean, just imagine if he's making commission thousand dollars, $1,500 on a commission. Yeah. Think about how much that adds Well, we all know, and I was going (laughs) to ask you, I mean, they mark prices up. Sure. Yeah, sure. of course. And we're going to get into that. But first, so when you were a car salesman and you said you, there's eight people sitting in that lobby, wait, say they didn't previously talk to the customer that pulls in. Like no one's got that customer yet. Is it like a competition? How do you guys decide who gets that customer? Like, are you guys like, hey, you want this one? Do I need this one? Did you got the last one? Can I take this one? Like, how do you do that? Well, that depends on your salesperson. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up the point where I said like, hey, have you talked to, because that's, that's part of your you have certain steps in your process that you need to be doing. Your first step is your meet and greet. You want to ask those questions. You want to be like, Hey, 
you know, have you talked to anybody here? If they talk to somebody here, they've talked to somebody on the phone. That means it's an internet customer, right? That means you got to give it up as soon as you talk to them. It's their customer. You can't talk to them anymore. But nah, man, it's the first person in the box. You've been in that box all day. You get that customer. But it's a doggy dog world. I mean, if I'm in that box too with somebody that's been in there for an hour and I've been there longer than he has, that's my fucking customer. I mean, that's just how it goes. Unless, unless I'm lazy that day and I'm just like, yeah, go ahead. I don't give a shit. But with me being the way I am, I'm competitive. Ain't nobody going to beat me. I mean, nobody's going to beat me that month. So no, I don't care how long you've been standing here. I'm going to go get the customer. If you ain't jumping as soon as they come on the lot. That's what I was thinking. Like, I feel like if I was a salesman and I wasn't busy doing something else, like I'd be after everybody. Absolutely. I would try to like jump in front of people. Now, did you have any arguments with? Of course. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think other people's got to sell cars and make money and survive too. Yeah. They got to put food on the table. Right. But I got to put food on the table too. Did you ever study the cars on the lot to know all the details of the vehicles? Absolutely. And that was, uh, that was actually one of the written rules that I talked about is knowing your product. You have to know your product. I mean, you can go out there. I mean, if you're a bullshitter, you're a bullshitter. You can bullshit your way around anything. And that's part of it. I mean, if, if you can talk, you can talk, but if not, know your product, know what you're talking about. Sound professional. Don't act. If you act, they're going to pick up on it. Never act. If, and what I mean by that is don't act like you know something because half the times when they come on the lot, they know more than what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do the research. The internet's a crazy fucking thing right now. They can look at that. They know more about it whenever they come to the lot than what you're going to know about it. Even if you've been studying it for the past five years. Yeah. Um, most of the times, most of your customers going to know more about the vehicle than what you're going to. Yeah. Funny story about that. Whenever I bought my Jeep Cherokee before I bought that truck, um, I went up to a car dealership in Columbus and I knew I got a young kid. Remember how I told you, uh, I pick out my salesman that I want to talk to. Well, this guy, as soon as I pulled in and like opened my door, he was there waiting on me. So there was no choice for me that day. So he's doing his job. Yeah. And you could tell he was new. He was young, young as hell. He was probably 18 or 19 years old. Just started. Green behind the ears. Ready to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, I told him what I was looking for because I seen it online. But I didn't call about it, so I, it was his car to sell. So we walked and we found it, and he, we were going over the details on the car. And of course, I knew what I was looking at. I studied this thing for like a week, and I knew what it was. So I started asking him, and I knew the answer to it, but I just wanted to see like if he knew what he was. Most talking customers about. do. Yep. Um, it said four by four on the back, but it was an all-wheel drive Jeep. So there wasn't like a four by four gear shift to put right. it in gear to put it in four wheel drive. So somebody just put the badge on the back of it. Right. It was an all, but it was four wheel drive because it was all wheel drive. Right. But that guy didn't know that. So I asked him, I said, Hey, where's, where's the, where is the, uh, the shifter? Lock? Yeah. Where, where, where's the shifter at to put it in four wheel drive? Cause usually it's right beside the gear shift on the left. Right. Beside your leg where you're sitting at. He started looking for that thing. I had him spinning <laughs> spinning around looking for that thing underneath that steering wheel. He had no idea didn't have one. Right. So I got to chuckle all that. And then I asked him, I said, hey, by the way, what's, what size motor's in this thing? And he told me it was a V8, which it wasn't. It was a 4.3 liter V6. Right. It was a Cherokee. It wasn't the V8. It wasn't the Hemi model. And he told me it was a V8, which I knew it wasn't. So I caught him twice. But I, I, deep down in my mind, I knew I was going to buy this car. But did he say it with confidence? Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, that's all, he said that's it was, all you can ask for. <laughs> yeah, he said it with confidence. It, and most of the times, 
you don't know what you don't know what you're talking about, Clay. I mean, you might because you've done your research, but a lot of times they don't. Yeah. So yeah, he was like, "Fuck yeah, it is." <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. He's bullshit. He ain't lying because he don't know. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> He's just bullshit. He did it with confidence. Yeah, but. Hey. I knew I was, as soon as I seen it and it was in great shape, I knew I was going to buy that car right. and I was just joshing him around a little bit. Of course. That's but what you're you to said do. study your product. That guy had no idea about that car. Was so that's a used just car ex- or a new car? It was a used car. Okay. So used, you're not studying as much. Okay. New cars, you're going to study that shit because that's what you sell most of. Okay. Those used cars, yeah, you want to look at it, you know, see what kind of features it has and stuff like that, but you're not going to know everything. Right. You're not going to know everything, but you, you, I worked at a Hyundai dealership, so I knew everything about Hyundai you could think of. But if you ask me about a fucking Ram Hemi bullshit, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. go check it out. We'll figure it out together. Copy. If not, I'll go ask somebody. Yeah. I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? So that brings up a great question. How is How easy is it to get the customer exactly what they want? It's easy. Really? I think, because I yeah. think sometimes like you get a customer, like they're looking at this brand new Dodge Ram truck outside. Ram 1500, but they want it loaded and it's not loaded. How easy is it for you to go out to other dealerships and say, well, I found you another one. We'll trade this car for that car and we'll get that car on this lot for you this week. So you're speaking new cars? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's relatively easy. Because a lot it's of people, just, like some people like want a sunroof and you don't right. have anything with a sunroof. It you just depends I mean? on how the market's going. If the market's going the way it is right now, you know, with the chip shortage and everything, you're not going to be able to be able to do dealer trades and stuff like that. But in the time whenever I was working there, dealer trades were, you know, happens all the time. So, yeah, I mean, if if you have a customer that's wanting something, that's part of your process. You sit them down, you do your interview, you find out what they want, where they're trying to be monthly, you know, how much they're trying to spend, all this good stuff. If you do your right interview, you have a good salesperson that does all that stuff, you shouldn't have to close the deal. It should just automatically be closed at the time when you go to present numbers. If you if you um, prop them the way that you're supposed to prop them, I mean, that's just just how things goes. But yeah, to answer your question, it's, it's easy to get cars. I mean, as long as you have good management that's willing to help you out and do a dealer trade, then yeah. Okay. Cause my wife's car, actually, we did a dealer trade on Yeah, because she wanted that collar. And I think the only collar, the dealership, I believe it was the one you used to work at. They only had a white one. I would have sold her on the one that was there. <laughs> Cause I would have made her such a goddamn good deal. I would have been like, Hey, can you go colorblind for a good deal? And she would have said yes. And I would have sold her that damn car. That brings up a great point. But anyway, it was a white car. She wanted the, the gray M with the black roof. And they said, well, we don't have that. So I found one. I had it pulled up. I said, well, she wants this one, this exact collar. And she was like, well, we got that white one outside. We'll see if we can do a dealer trade. And they had it there that week. So they did really? a dealer trade for us. Hey. So that's why I was, I was, I was just yeah. wondering like how hard of a process that actually is, but it, you answered it good. It's not. I mean, if you have the right management to, that's willing to make those phone calls and go through the dirty work to do it, it's, it's nothing, man. Copy that. Nothing. People say true or false. People say car salesmen are some of the most annoying people in the world. Okay. True or false. Elaborate annoying. What kind of annoying are we talking about? Are we talking like a pushy, pushy annoying? Or are we talking like I post on Facebook every day annoying? No. Or are we talking... Um, just in general. Just like, an- you, you know what annoying means. Like, say, for example, you pull into a lot, they're all over you. Just like that. Absolutely. Just like flies on shit. That's their job. I know it is, but some people could think that's annoying. Yeah, absolutely. And there's probably some customers out there who probably get pretty rude with you. Hey, buddy, we're just looking. As quick as you can even think. Right. 
they so they they probably think you're those type of, those type of people probably think you guys are annoying. Yep. Also, like, um, say you are looking at a car and you're talking to a car salesman, and you say, "Well, we're going to go home and think about it." And then you call them three times the next day or three days consecutive, like, "Hey, what do you think about that car?" You know. But that's your, like you said, that's your job. Yep. But those customers might think, "Hey, buddy, this is kind of annoying." Right. That's what I mean. At the time, I mean, if we're talking phone calls, I think you kind of get to the point where you're like, hey, they're not answering. Let's think of something else to do here. Let's uh, leave a message with them with a great deal that they can't refuse. Or let's send them a text message. Who doesn't respond to a text message? Yeah. It's, I mean. Easiest thing in the world. You could just say, hey, not interested. So, So it's went from making phone calls all the time to text messaging because it's a new day, right? New day and age, um, text messaging is probably the main thing in car sales right now. So text them. Be like, hey, listen, I'm not trying to bother you. If you guys don't want me to text you, call you, whatever, just let me know. That way I'm not being annoying or I don't want to be, you know, all over you all the time. If you guys are ready to buy, I'm ready to sell you the car. If not, let me know and we'll go elsewhere. But you just let them know. I mean, it's kind of text messaging is so much easier than making phone calls. Although phone calls are just as easy as well, but. Tell me a story about some of the worst kind of experiences you've had with customers. Uh, the low ballers, man. Okay. That is what I wanted to hear. <laughs> the low ballers. So tell explain what a low baller is actually. Some people may not know. I mean, people nowadays they think they think it's like old school when you can mark a car up ten, fifteen thousand dollars. It's not like that. With the internet, you can't mark cars up the way that they used to be marked up. So you get these old time guys coming in. You take $8,000 off this fucking thing. I'll buy it right now. Dude, nobody has $8,000 in this truck to mark down. It, it's, it's just not possible. But then they're, they're old time guys. You can't tell them that. Yeah. Just, there's no getting through to them. You can't tell them that. They think what they think. And if you're not willing to do it, they're going to leave. Go to another dealership. Get told the same exact thing. But low ballers, man. Low ballers are the worst. So... Let's just get into it. The new cars, the new cars that are on the lot. Say you pull up and you're at a Ford dealership. You got a brand new 2022 Ford Mustang GT 5.0, okay. a badass car. Let's just say it costs, I don't know, it costs the dealership, I don't know, $45,000 to get. How much is a markup on a new car? Well, I'm glad you said the Mustang 2020. Because if you're going to say something like a Hyundai Elantra, there's no markup. Yeah. There might be a little bit, but there's not. But if you had a car that's in demand, if you get a 2021 Bronco that just came out, those things are being marked up ten to $15,000. You want to know why? People are going to buy them. It doesn't matter how high they're marked up. Nobody else has them. Somebody wants it. They're going to buy it, right? You get something like an Elantra. Okay, I can go up to Riker right now and buy this thing for... $2,000 less than what you're selling to me. Are you going to match that price? Hell yeah, I'm going to match that price. You ain't going up here and buying a car. So it just depends on what kind of car and what kind of market you're in. So again, a Raptor, Ford Raptor, new Raptor, it's going to be marked up 10, 15,000. The new Ram TRXs, I'm sure you've seen them. Yep. They're going to be marked up 10 to 15,000. I mean, and somebody's going to buy because it. Because somebody will pay somebody it. Somebody will buy it. And they, and they are. And that's just, that's just part of it. It just depends on what kind of car it is. Okay. So there are times where cars are marked up 10 to $15,000. Absolutely. Now this, this is where the question comes into play. How much can a car salesman take off that and still sell the car? Um, at that point, if it's, if it's a special car like that, 
if that's all up to your managers. Yeah. If they're willing to take that hit, if they're not, I mean, most of the times it's going to say, hey, listen, I got five other people wanting this car. Yeah. Okay. You can either buy it or not. If not, see you later. Okay. Now, if we're not getting any hits on it, it's been there for a month or two, three months. It's a brand new car. Like Valerie Ford right now, they have a Bronco that's been sitting there for two months. I've been eyeing it myself, but I've been watching. So right now it's probably marked up, you know, five to six grand. It's It's been sitting there. Nobody's even sniffed it. So, I mean, at that point, I could probably walk in there right now and get it for whatever MSRP is. Yeah. So. But even if you sell it for MSRP, do the dealerships get it for a cheaper price than that? Or do they get it right like at the MSRP price? So, they get it for a thing called invoice minus holdback, which that's probably illegal for me to say. No, it's not. But uh, <laughs> it's called invoice minus holdback. That's usually what kind of uh, like family discounts and stuff like that. Yeah. That's usually what you get. Okay. Um, so, if I was there and I wanted to buy a car, I'd get it for invoice minus holdback. Copy that. But that makes sense. So the, explain this because every car dealership has a used car lot, correct? I guess for the most part. For the most part, right? It just just depends. Uh, most most do. Most of them do. Yeah. Um, tell us the truth about the trade ins. What do you want to know? I feel like if you trade in your car, you're just getting absolutely whacked upside the head with a hammer. Most of the times, um, but not all the time. I mean, it depends on the market. Like right now, the market's crazy. So Right. Right now, that's you take off the your, table. You take your car in, you're going to get whatever the hell you want for it because yeah. dealerships need cars to sell, right? Mm-hmm. They buy it off you for 48 they can turn around and sell for 55 because somebody needs to buy a fucking car. Yeah, right? I, I agree with that. Um, like right now, the yeah. trade-in is good. And that, it's great. That kind of brings me to my point. It definitely depends on what kind of market you're in. Um, sometimes... Listen, if, if if they weren't making money, they wouldn't be in business, right? So oh, yeah. at some point, they have to they have to make their money somewhere. If if it's either holding on trade or holding on the price of the vehicle, most of the time it's holding on trade. So I always I always tell people, I say, try to sell it yourself first. I mean, you're dumb not to because you can make more money off of it selling it yourself. Private sell, right? Oh, absolutely. Because if you absolutely, if 100%. you like say I don't know, say I tried to sell my truck right now. Mm-hmm. The way the market is now, it's only got 70,000 miles on its 2014. I could probably sell it for 25 grand myself. Absolutely. If I traded that thing in, they would probably only give me 20. So I'm, I'm giving up five grand right there. But it's the you hit the easy button. Absolutely. And people just hit the easy button all the time. And I'm just like, no, no, don't do that. At right. least give it a week or two online to try to sell it yourself before you trade it in. And usually what I try to say is, like my advice is, you're a grown-ass adult you want to make that decision to trade your car in for $5,000 less than what you think it is, you made that decision. Listen, I'm not here to screw you, but you made that decision, not me. Yeah. If you don't want to negotiate a price, you don't want to do that. That's not my fault. That's your fault. Yeah. But I mean, most of the times I would suggest sell it out, right? Because you're going to get way much more money for it. Right. And these used cars that come in, I think we kind of mentioned this earlier, but we'll just hit on a little bit again. Like say I traded my truck in for 20 grand right now. I'm going to turn around and sell it for 28. I was about to say, the markup on the used cars, they make so much money off these used cars. Um, Not all the time, and here's why. A lot of times, it get, you got to think it's got to go through service. Yeah. You got to think, what if it needs four new tires? That's $1,000. What if it needs a transmission? Might not, but it, what if it did? Yeah. That's another $15,000, $2,000. So then you got to go into play of all the mechanical issues that we have to fix before, it's, before it is allowed to go on to the lot. So at the dealership I worked at, it's a 24-point inspection. So if it doesn't pass an inspection, it's got to be replaced everything. So what if 
I give you 20 for it and I got to put $5,000 into it. Okay. So I put $5,000 into it. So now I'm not only making three grand. Yeah. Okay. So now what if he talks me down another grand? So now I'm only making two grand. Right. Right. So now what if I have to, he's trading something in and I have to over allow on his trade. So I give him his car is only worth 20,000, but I give him 21,000. I'm over allowance. So now I'm only making a thousand dollar profit. So that's other things that they look that they consider as well whenever it comes to trading. Okay. How, how often did you have to just straight up bullshit a customer to sell a car? Like I told you before, I've never lied to a customer. Okay. Maybe I've, I've never lied and I've always preached you never lie, but I'd be lying to you if I said that I've never bullshitted a customer. Yeah. But there's different ways you can bullshit a customer. And what I mean by that is, let's say that you and I are sitting down in the, in the booth, you know, we're, we're in the booth. What that is, is whenever I'm going over all the numbers for you, we're going over that. And I say, Hey, listen, I know you want to be at $400 a month. I'm at $500 a month with $2,000 down. And this is where the bullshit comes in. I say, because I already know the answer. I already know what they're going to tell me at the desk. I'm going to say, well, what if I can get you to 450 with no money down? Is that something you're willing to do? I'm bullshitting you. I'm not lying to you because I'm going to try for you, right? I'm not lying. I'm bullshitting because I already know the answer. So technically it's not lying. It's just bullshitting. So I go up to the desk and I already know what they're going to say. They're going to say, hell no, we can't do that. But here's what we can do for you. What I can do for you is, hey, a thousand down, I can get you at four seventy five a month. I'm like, okay, so I take that to the customer. Hey, I can get you at four seventy five a month with only a thousand dollars out of your pocket. You ready to put this together? Yeah, absolutely. I told you I'd go to work for you. Yeah, I helped you. I saved you a little bit of money, right? Yeah. It's bullshitting. Yeah, but it's not lying. I see where you're going, but there's there's ways there's ways around. I've never blatantly lied to a customer though, because okay. it always bites you in the ass. True or false? Always. True or false, the easiest customers are the ones who don't negotiate prices. Um, Like if they just come in there and they say, hey, that Ford Raptor right there, I want it, sign me up. I mean, yeah, of course. That's got to be the easiest it, one, it right? It is, it is, but... How lot, often does that happen? It happens. I was about to say, it, it happens. happens more than what it people happens. think. But my, my biggest saying was... Even though you think you won as a customer, you actually lost. You actually lost. So if you think you won because you got me down a price, I'm still winning because I just made money off of you. Yeah. Regardless, right? Yeah. And that's our mentality is you want to talk me off a thousand bucks? That's cool because I still have $3,000 marked up in it. Yeah. Or a thousand dollars marked up in it. And my finance manager has got some leg. He's going to sell you some product too. So I'm about to make even more bank off of you. So even though you won, that you think you won, we actually won. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let me ask you this. Whenever I bought my truck, I went in there and the price on the truck is what I paid. As soon as I went in, we, we tried to get this price down forever. Couldn't get him down. Said there was no wiggle room. Of course, they all say that. Sometimes, sometimes they're right. Okay. Though. But we came up, we came back with an offer that said, we'll buy the truck for that price. If you had gap insurance. But we're not, we're not paying the tax and the title fee. Okay. And, and that guy smiled from ear to ear. 
And I felt like I did good on that. Yeah, you lost. <laughs> Me? You lost. I guarantee it. Well, how much was tax entitled? I don't know. Probably what. about two grand. It was a little. No, it was more than that. More tax entitled. How much did you buy your car for? I'll tell you right now what you paid for. I don't know what it was. I think I think I bought it for like twenty three six. All right, hold on. I'm gonna do some quick math here. I'm just gonna do twenty six thousand. Okay. Let's say your documentation fee was two hundred fifty bucks. That was your taxes right there. Nineteen hundred bucks. Yeah, so I saved. So where did that nineteen hundred bucks come from? What do you mean? They told you you had no wiggle room, right? Yeah, it's on. Yeah. And then what they do? Well, they sold it. Okay. Where well, did that nineteen hundred bucks well, come I, from, though? I know. I'm not saying that I. I'm not saying that I. <laughs> they had some wiggle room, didn't they? Yeah, that's what. I, <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. So like, you got lied to. But I feel like. I did all right. Yeah, absolutely. If they, came, if they came down about two grand, then yeah, absolutely. On a truck that expensive. Did you buy anything in the back end, on the back end? Did you buy warranty or gap? No, anything like no that? I never buy any of that shit. Good. That's how they screw you. Yeah, that's where I used to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scotty, you know, I'm smarter than that. I ain't buying that shit. That's why I buy insurance. That's why I pay for my insurance monthly. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's a difference between insurance gap. Well, and- I know. Well, we won't Actually, get into I, th- that. I think I did gig. I think I might you have gap. Got gap. I got gap. I th- I'm pretty sure I did. All right, so these uh, I'm running out of questions here, but I got like three left. Say a car pulls into the dealership as a salesman. Can you tell right away that they want to buy a car that day, or can you tell the difference between just looking and buying customers? You can. Um, that that's all on the body language. I mean, again, that goes back to like the sales psychology stuff, psychology, body language, shit like that. You can tell if you go to walk out the door and you see them looking at you, they're talking to their wife like, oh, shit, here he comes. I'm getting in the car and I'm going. How many times does that happen? All the time. All the time. I'm sure you've done it. Yeah. Oh, I have. Like, oh shit, here he comes. We got to go. <laughs> right. You know that right away. So, well, there's also there's also people who are just interested. Like, I love the uh, Dodge Challengers. Just want to look at the it. RTs, the scat packs, all that right. shit. I just want to pull in there and look at it. Right. And I don't want to talk to the guy because I don't want to get his hopes up. But I just want to pull in there and I want to just check this bad boy out. So sometimes, yeah, I'll get in there and look. I'll see him coming. I'll get in my truck. And I'll just right. Leave. And at that point, you just turn around and fucking go back into the thing. Yeah. Because you know they ain't gonna buy. They're, right. they're just there to look. And I don't right? want to be that type of guy. Be like, hey, buddy. Yeah. I ain't got the money for this bad boy. <laughs> I'm just checking her out. And, but here's the thing: if you're staying there and you're gonna you're gonna talk to me, I'm selling you a car. Yeah. If you're going to sit there and talk to me without getting, you're going to buy a car that day because you didn't come to my car lot without buying a car. That's just, that's just how it is. That's the mentality you got to have. Well, nobody's coming to the car lot just to look. They say that all the time, but if you have the right salesperson that can overcome objectives and shit like that, you're going to sell a car. Right. I mean, that's just, that's just how it goes, man. Did you like seeing old people pull in? No. Dollar signs? No. You're lying ass. I swear to you, man. Did the old people have to be the easiest customer ever? Because they pull they, in, they're like, hey, honey, I just need me an old Buick to get they, around. And you're just like, I got one right here for step listen, inside. Bam, money. They, they aren't going to negotiate. They ain't going to haggle. They ain't going to do nothing. Sign me up for that new Buick. You're right about that, 100%. But, like I said, I kind of have a soft heart for old people because the first thing I think of is my grandparents. Right. I don't want anybody to fuck my grandparents over, right? Yeah. So the first thing I always think of and other coworkers are the same way. Like, listen, I love this. They are freaking awesome. I love them. And believe it or not, they probably get the best deals out of anybody. Really? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. But my grandma, she just bought a new car a few months ago, and she said she just went up to the salesman and said, get me a new car, and he went and picked out a car for her, and he, she just drove it home. I bet you she still got a good deal, though. <laughs> well, I hope so. Because the way I thought was the karma, man. You fuck with the old people, you're going to get fucked yourself. Yeah. And I, okay. I never did. Um, I always make good friends but with But they old are easy, though. They are. But my main thing is old people don't have social social media or anything like that. They write your name down. Like they take notes, they yeah. write your name down. So your name is embedded in that notebook and they keep it forever. They're going to know who you are for the next yeah. 10 years, but they have your name written down. They're going to say, Hey, you see Scotty? That's who I went and seen. You should go see him. Old people, man. I'm telling fair, you. Fair enough. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Two more questions and we'll uh, okay. get on to our tall boy review. If someone is shopping for a newer used car, what's the best piece of advice you can give them to get the best deal? Do your research. Um, go in prepared. Don't, don't go in unprepared. Cause if you do, you're going to get walked all over, you know, stand your ground. Obviously don't go in there too cocky. Don't go there too arrogant. Cause if you do, like I said, if you think you won, you really lost. Right. Yeah. Um, go in there. I mean, you're not going to get, you know, the best deal you've ever thought of. Cause most of the times, most dealers are just gonna be like, okay, well we'll sell it to the next person. Go in there with, you know, an open mind and, you know, I don't really know what I'm trying to say here, but expectations it don't make don't sense. set your expectations too high because you're probably gonna get let down you're not gonna get the deal that you want but go in there and um you know prepare do your do your research the internet's a great thing if you do your research i mean if you get on car gurus it's gonna tell you if it's a good deal or a great deal you wanna know why because everybody uses it if Riker choosing um car gurus and i have the same car they have i can literally take an arrow and put it a dollar cheaper and mine's gonna pop up before theirs does so I mean, just do your research. Yeah. You get on there, do your research. You'll be all right. So what do you think about the customers? And I'm one of these. I've done it several times. I'll find the car that I want. But say say your lot has the car that I want. But there's also a dealership 60 miles north in the big city that has it for five grand cheaper. Mm-hmm. What if I bring that up and I show it to that dealer? I say, hey, you got this same car and I want to buy it off you. But you see this price. Can you match that or beat that price? Do you like them customers? Because I do um, that. You said arrogant. I don't, I don't like them. Yeah. Because no. <laughs> that's more work I have to do and more, you know, objections that I have to overcome. But a lot of people probably do that. Of course. But at that point, then you got to look into it more. You got to be like, okay, well, how many miles does this car have? Does right. it have more miles than mine? Yeah. So does this one have 60,000 miles and not a warranty and mine has 40,000 miles and still in warranty? That's $2,000 right there. Yeah. Um, you have to drive 60 miles to get it. That's that's a hundred bucks in gas. Is it really the convenience to get up there and it not be the car that you want? Yeah. And not, you know, you like my car, but if you go up there and you don't like that one, then you got to come back here with your head down saying you were right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, if you have, if you have the right salesperson, the right managers, they can, they can overcome those objections and make sure that, make sure that you get the deal that you want. Yeah. They're going to come off the price because they know Yeah. like this dude really can just go up there and buy this car. Yeah. So then they're going to negotiate a little bit more, but most of the times you're not going to buy a car from up there. You're going to buy it from me. Copy that. Last question. Okay. Okay. Last question, Scotty P. You've been great, by the way. Thanks, man. You were nervous, but I was nervous. Nah, man, you're good. You're good. You're killing these questions. And I'm, I mean, they're very informational. So everybody out there listening, that's what I'm going for. They're going to love it. Um, with the market, the way it is nowadays, the pandemic, everything, how has it affected the overall industry? Um, new car sales. Oh man. They are completely, they're, they're out of cars. Um, I think Hyundai is really the only one that's still 
booming right now, but most of them just can't find chips for the car. Um, chips, you know, that's your, that's your, that's your whole car there. Yeah. You can't find a chip for your car. You can't drive it. Um, but right now it's, it's rough. It's rough. That brings out, that brings up a great uh, thing. Cause I seen it on TikTok the other day. Somebody drove by like a racetrack, like Indianapolis Speedway, I thought it was. And I guess mm-hmm. there's a big Ford, like a Kentucky Speedway. Yeah. 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 A yeah. big plant down there that produces Ford, a big Ford plant. And there was, dude, there had to have been thousands of brand new Fords sitting out there and they can't put them anywhere because they don't have chips. They don't have chips. They're all built. All they need to put the chip in Yep. and they could take them to lots, but there's just thousands of trucks and cars and SUVs out there that they can't even do anything with. Yeah. Uh, They're running out of space to put them there. And then you're right. They are. They can't, they can't transport them to dealerships because you can't sell them. Um, what's the point of having a car on your lot and a customer coming in getting pissed off saying like, Hey, I can't sell you this car because I ain't got a chip. Um, at that point, you're kind of screwed. I mean, the manufacturer's got to do something with it. So, so I guess I was driving by a Toyota dealership. It was a brand new. It was a new car dealership. I just went down to Kentucky this past weekend to ride ATVs, UTVs, whatever you want to call them. And we drove by a dealership. And this lot was so empty, dude. I guarantee they might have, might have had 15 cars, brand new cars on a lot. And it was so, it, there was so much space on that lot and they had nothing on it. 15 yeah. cars, maybe. Now's, now is the time to buy a new car. Really? Absolutely. They're not marked up? No? No, they want people to buy. I mean, they got to sell cars, right? Well, I know, but you would think they would mark them up because they can't get any money. I'd rather on. run out than not sell anything. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it's, I mean, that's kind of a, double-edged sword there i mean if you run out then you run out but But you'd think you'd want to make a little bit extra more on that car since you only got 10 of them (laughs) yeah that's true but i mean it just depends i guess depends on the dealership depends on the the owner it mainly comes down to the owner if the owner wants you to get rid of them damn cars you get rid of them damn cars if not then i guess like you said see what happens mark them up sell them as high as you can but if you ain't gonna sell it to them they're gonna go down the road and buy it for somebody else if someone else has it they're gonna buy it somewhere else yeah all right. Well, that's that. That's that's the, uh, what would you call it? The ins and outs, the do's yeah. and the don'ts yeah. of the car business? Absolutely. That was very informational. Good, good. I do got one thing, though. For all you youngins out there that's just getting out of high school, don't know what you want to do with your life, you know, going to college, all this good stuff, get into sales, man. I'm telling you, it's a life changer. It's a whole different lifestyle. You guys would enjoy it. It's um, it's great. I would get into it and um, see what see what you're made of and make some money. That's all. That's what it's all about. Fair enough. You guys heard it here first. Scotty P, the car salesman, ex former ex car salesman, former car salesman. Hey man, we appreciate it. Let's get straight into our tall boy review. Corey, K, go ahead and hit that beat. You know what song this is, Scotty? Oh, do I ever? It's a classic. Yeah, I think I've been, uh, somebody's probably uh, told me this song's for me a lot of times. <laughs> Who knows? Puddle of mud. She fucking hates yeah, me. Yeah, I've definitely been told that. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably fine. Yeah, it's all right. All right, Corey. Let's fade this bad boy out. A little puddle of mud. Classic song there. Scotty P, this is your first ever appearance on the Sip and Server podcast, and I know you're very aware of the Tall Boy reviews. Let's yep. go ahead and go over the power rankings, refresh everybody's memory. We got the Arnold Palmer Spiked, Natural Light American Can, Yingling Raging Eagle, Bush Light Corn Can, and the Corona Extra Beach Can. Scotty P, I'm going to give you the honors, man. 
go ahead and uh, give this your best explanation <clears throat> to the listeners. All right. So most of you know that I, well, probably most of you know that I am from Huntington. So the green, it's a Heineken, Heineken original can. Um, it's all green, dark green at the bottom, kind of fades into the lighter green with a big old bright red star on it. I'm not going to lie to you, Clay. I'm kind of a big fan of it. Um, it definitely stands out. And I think, uh, in my opinion, I think it's going to be in the top five. Really? I do. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, like he said, we got like the Hunter Green at the bottom wrapped around in the white Heineken. And then at the top, we've got more like, I guess, the Huntington Green, the lighter green. And it's got like little dots all around it. I mean, I think that's kind of cool. It's like just many dots all the way up and down like a the little can. basketball, green basketball. Right. I mean, yeah. that's a good explanation. It's like the little bubbles on the basketball. Yeah. yeah, the little grips. But yeah, it says it was established Heineken in 18... Does that say 1873? Okay. Well. It is a malt liquor. Premium malt lager. Lager. Oh. Okay, this is right up your alley then. Yeah. Brewed in Holland. Okay. Well, 24 ounces. That's the only tall boys we drink. Let's go ahead and crack these bad boys open. It's been a while since I've tasted Ooh. a Heineken. Like the little, uh, what's that little keg that they have that you can buy? Oh, the mini yeah, keg. Is, what, mini what is keg. that? Isn't that like a 72-ounce mini oh, keg? Man, imagine trying to bong that thing. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be able to get a hole with it or a funnel off of it or what. Mm. I'm a fan. Yeah, it's not bad. honestly don't know if I've ever drank Heineken. What did you think when you tasted it? Uh, it's not too bad. We've definitely had worse like we mentioned before. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I could I could probably drink one of these if I had to. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the worst beer. Me and Corey at the K were just talking off air. On the last episode we did our Tall Boy Review, we were talking about the worst beer we've had on here, and it was the Ice House. Ice House. Oh. It was 99 cents for the 24-ounce. Yep. That yep. was the worst beer we've tasted in Heineken. I mean, this thing is way better than the Ice House. Um, so Scotty P says it's going to be in the top five. That's interesting to me because when I seen this can, I said, oh, my. I haven't seen this one yet in stores, and I thought it was a sleeper as well. The Heineken, I think, is a sleeper here. Scotty, where would you put it? So, to be honest with you, I know you guys love this Bush Light can. I wasn't a fan. Um, just wasn't my favorite. Although, I was going to buy the Corona ones, and I thought that was a little low on the list because I almost bought those for you guys. And I thought it was going to be, you know, three or two on that. Man, I'd have to put this one above the bush light can, but I'd hate to see the Corona go out. And that's that's kind of where I'm at. And I agree with you. I 100% agree with you, Scotty. I said the Corona Extra was better than the bush light corn can you as think, well. Corona, beach, summer. It's beautiful. Snoop Everybody Dog. loves it, man. Snoop Dogg. The commercial. Like, it's everything you think of when you think of summer is the beach. Corona. Snoop Double the, G, man. The, the, I mean, the lime, on. the lime and the Corona. I think I, I just think the Corona's a little low, so I hate to see it go. That kind of rhymed a little bit, so maybe I should be Snoop. <laughs> but man, the Heineken's the Heineken, and it's it's a nice looking can. But I think it goes above the, I think it goes above the corn can. Would it be illegal for us to take the Bush Light can down if we all agreed on it and put Heineken at four and just kept the Corona at five? Is that Corey illegal? with a K? Yeah, that's my number a, one. Is a big fan of the. He's yeah. a big fan of the bush light I like can. the corn can. I think the corn can should be one. 
He's really? argued that yeah. since day one. Really? If anything, I'm, I'm all right if we got rid of the link, uh, Yingling Raging Eagle. That's oh, my least oh, favorite. Oh, wow. That's my we least favorite. Oh, my gosh. We are going to do some illegal <laughs> Somebody shit call on this. the popo. We are fucked. Someone get DG no. on the line because yeah. he's going to be pissed. Yeah, we better call him quick. We haven't really. So I haven't really said. First like, time Scotty P comes on, we're fucking changing the rules and shit. <laughs> we can't be doing that. No, but I like the Raging Eagle better than the Ying, or the, the, the Heineken we got here. Mm. Because. Oh, I hate to break it, but green and red are my two least favorite colors. Christmas, dude. You don't like Christmas? Are you the Grinch? I just don't like... I don't know. I've, he it's is funny the Grinch. Because Jeez, red's probably is. my least favorite color, and my favorite teams are Buckeye basketball and the Reds. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but I, I don't own a enough. single red jersey. They're always gray or white. Right. Or they're, uh, if it is, it's a special edition that I got for cheap, but... Uh, yeah, I, it's funny. I don't like red. I've never really liked the color red. Okay, so that star don't do much for you nah. then. The green's not bad. I like, the green's all right, but it's not green's not high on my color. So, I I I don't even think it comes close to the top five. Oh, oh wow, oh wow. It's a bold statement. Oh, that is a bold <laughs> statement because I thought this was a sleeper can. I, did I too. really did. I thought I that, like it a lot. I love it actually. I really do. I think it's slick. The thing is, man, I really don't want to get rid of that Corona Extra. Me either. And if it's illegal to get rid of it, and you know I mean get rid of the Bush Light and keep the Corona Extra, I just don't think. Well, we- you can't get rid of the Bush Light because that's number one on Corey's list. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, he, he's going to argue that, and I can't do that to him because he's our board man. And without yep. him, this podcast would be fucked because I can't edit worth a shit. <laughs> so, but if you use the Frankie Chaufer uh, logic, it shouldn't be even be on the board because it's a twenty-five ouncer. He's got a point. Well, Frankie, but <laughs> twenty five is a lot. We've got a lot of yeah. We've got a lot of big ones that we've tested on here. Um, well, I mean, uh, Scotty, what are we going to do here? Are we taking the Corona Extra out? I mean, I really like that can. I, I like the Corona can better than I do the Heineken can because I think the Corona can, like I said, should be three or four. Um, I agree Heineken with you was too. coming four or five, so that means Corona was higher than the Heineken can't get rid of the corona i don't think so either and if i could put these rankings any which way i would have the natural light number one corona number two and i think this uh heineken would be number three on my list if i could do it but i don't want to get rid of the corona so we're just going to say the heineken's going to come into a six man i guess i say uh what if you bring it back into play when the, the ogs are here see what they think i mean we could we could. I plan on uh, seeing Uncle Buck here real soon. Okay. So. Yeah, I bet Troy would like this because I think he likes Heineken. Too. I bet. I bet if you get, I bet if you get a couple more people, they're gonna they're gonna agree with us. We'll, I'll send DG a pick and see what he thinks. We'll just uh, put this one as uh, to be determined man, at a later date. Nice plate. can though. I do. I mean, it's a nice can. I ride with a listener to work, and he said, "Man, I mean, he is. I, I like, like it. it. He he liked it, but he didn't think he could make the top five. So you're giving it a five B. <laughs> Corona's five A. Yeah, yeah it's something yeah. like that. Yeah. Most likely, it's not going to make the top five. Uh, we'll just say it's a six man it's for right. now. But uh, that top I think five is tough. Man. It was a competitor. It, this was a competitor. I mean, this thing almost hit the shot in overtime. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna. What was that, your senior year? Didn't something like that happen to you? Against who? I don't know. Didn't you lose your senior year in a last-second shot? Yeah, don't Damn, bring that up. man. Yeah, that was like a half quarter. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, Scotty. Now I'm going to give cry myself to sleep thinking about that shit. <laughs> hey, anyways, uh, don't forget to give us a follow on our Twitter, Instagram, also the Facebook page. 
subscribe to our YouTube. Also, if you guys want to send in uh, some text messages, we didn't go over many this week. Uh, I just wanted to do the one, Scotty, to create a conversation. The email is sipandsurfpod at gmail.com. And then the text messages, send them to 740-720-3537. Save them in your contacts under the Sip and Serve Podcast. Text us every week. If you would, we really appreciate it. Scotty, once again, man, we appreciate you making the trip. Um, you really didn't have to do it. I mean, I didn't give you no time at all to think about. It. I gave you like Tuesday or Wednesday, and you showed up on Tuesday the day after I got a hold of you. So uh, it's much appreciated, man. Absolutely, man. That's all I need is just a just a heads up, and I'll show up, show up, and show out, man. We're gonna have to get you back on here uh, with DG. Absolutely, get the whole crew yeah. together. We'll have you back for sure, man. You were a great guest, Corey K. Mm-hmm. Once again, appreciate you running the board. As always, I'm Rolski. Stay hot, stay safe, and we'll catch you next week.